in the Netherlands, when Corona crisis hit or the measures hit, there was this protest group that that sprung out of that called Virus Truth, and um, and they were taking the Dutch government to court for the measures. So I found that interesting. So I was in court. I was audience. I was see- seeing how the, how that evolved, and I was at demonstrations. And at one of those events, I met a Dutch uh, lawyer, Charlie de Vrede. And I have interviewed her here for some activism stuff that she does. And we were talking about Assange. And I said, well, I was in London in February. I've been following that thing over the last years. And she said, yeah, so did I. So we decided to make an interview of her as a Dutch law professional uh, observing what's going on with Julian Assange in in, in London currently. So if people want to read up on my interviews... um, we have talked, so the first conversation that we did today was Christian Ruffneson of, of WikiLeaks. He referred to Nils Meltzer, who is the rapporteur for torture uh, by the United Nations. I have interviewed Nils Meltzer. And, um, well, Ruffneson is, is a journalist. Another journalist that's, that's involved with Julian Assange's case is Stefania Maurizzi. She's an Italian journalist, and she is the one that's been working year after year in getting FOIA information through Freedom of Information Act out in the Assange case. So she's doing FOIA requests to United States, to United Kingdom, to Sweden, to I don't know what other countries. And she's managed to figure out that the Crown Prosecution Service, so the, the British prosecutors have actually instructed Sweden in things and that, that in Great Britain, they uh, got rid of evidence. So that's that's journalistic work right there. So we're bitching about mainstream journalists not doing effort. Well, there is good journalists out there, and Stefania is one of them. Um, so um, I have talked to um, Stefania Morici also. That's why I'm, I'm bringing this up. So if you want to watch the Nils Melter interview, Stefania Morici interview, um, Look them up. They're on the podcast channel and they're in English. Sorry, Dutch viewers. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, uh, oh, Ravachi, we talked to Charlie de Vrede yesterday. We did it together. Let's watch it again, shall we? Here we go. So time now to turn to Charlie de Vrede, which is uh, my my fellow country person. <laughs> Hello, Charlie. Hi, Hayden. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I am your legal professional here in the Netherlands. And just like Avogi and myself, uh, you've been following the, the Julian Assange case closely. Definitely. And even more so, the extradition trial that was a month ago. So let's let's discuss what, what went on with the extradition trial of Assange in London last month and how that, if at all, that ties into Trump or Biden being elected. Just before, before we start, maybe to get to know you, have you uh, picked a candidate? Just, if you were allowed to vote, who would you vote for? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> well, 100% vote for Trump, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, not because of Trump. I mean, I don't think he's um, he's uh, super, I, I don't know, like, I don't care about the person. Um, that I don't do identity politics, but um, he's anti-establishment. So there's, that's uh, to me, that's really, uh, really positive. And there's really no, it's not a left or right issue at all. It's like you've got, 
um, nationalism versus internationalism. You've got more government, more rules and regulations, um, uh, as opposed to being a bit more free, I guess. That's how I see it. You have voted already, unfortunately, haven't you? No, I didn't, because it's a long process being abroad. You have to physically mail in uh, a request to my state, and then they have to send it back, and then and then you have to send it back again. And I just, uh, the last person I consciously felt comfortable voting for was Ron Paul, you know, back in the day. And uh, I, I agree with what Charlie said about President Trump. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that we're at a point where things are just so, so many big things are happening that regardless of who wins, you know, there are, are like things that are coming that no one can no one can stop. So. Don't you think it's going to be accelerated if, if Joe, Joe Biden wins? Definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so I was just mentioning before we started recording, I saw the Rubin report yesterday and he actually um, he voted for Trump, he said, and he's been, uh, well, he has some negative re reactions in his uh, personal life, but uh, he said he went into to vote and he didn't even have to show an ID. So that's, I think that's voter fraud already. And we haven't even officially started voting yet. Like <laughs> tomorrow is the, is the vote. But if you don't have to show your identification to vote, it's insane. So he's, he, he lives in California, which is, um, that's a very, very democratic state. And they also have this, this uh, regulations, there's other rules that they're, uh, that they can vote on. And this rule 16, I think was, is, um, it's basically on, positive discrimination which is definitely also discrimination which is against the law um just trying to vote so sort of um so social justice warrior uh, rights for, for people to um be, be judged on the basis of their race or their sexual orientation let's, or it's just let's move into the topic of this conversation yeah <laughs> so um yeah in september there was this long lawsuit that what you would call it in london where they'd have to decide if Julian Assange were, were to, is going to be extradited to yeah. United States or not. Um, it's an extradition hearing. Yeah, extradition hearing. So, so how does that work then? Are, are you, I mean, I've, I've seen him being held in a very high security prison with no liberties at all, basically solitary confinement. How does that work if, if, if a country wants you extradited? I mean, you're not, you're not crim criminally indicted. Uh, I think they, they, they say he's a, he's a potential flight risk. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, you're just supposed to take care of a person who's, um, I mean, that th they're not gonna, that they're not gonna grant him bail. Um, I mean, he, he did, um, uh, flee his, uh, the, like the previous time. Um, so, so to speak. So that's, there's maybe something to say about that. Uh, but you think you're referring to him getting a, pol a political asylum in, in the yeah. Ecuadorian embassy. So international yeah. trees would not describe that as fleeing, I believe. No, he, ju he jumped bail. Well, okay, fair enough. Okay, for, well, but he's done his time for that, I think, by now. He's done his time <laughs> for that, yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's why we had to wait. Um, but let's, uh, let's, Okay, first question that I would have is, um, what would be grounds for extradition? Are there grounds in what Assange did that he'd be extradited to the United States? And what you kick in also, whatever, uh, with you or not. Yeah. Charlie. I say well, absolutely no, but <laughs> I mean, if, if you, if you follow, um, you know, if it's, it's a conspiracy, conspiracy, uh, conspiring against the government, 
like um, if if you follow the narrative by the U.S. government, then you should say, yeah, there's there's grants for that. But um, if you're if you're talking about um, uh, making public uh, these confidential um, information about war crimes, that's you're, you're allowed to do that under international law. So it's for the for the greater good. It's for it's for for the public interest. You're allowed to do that. So then I would say no. There's no grounds, and uh, and it is a, it's a political um, it's political um, colored like. So then there would on, on the basis of that, or there's the Article Four of the US UK extradition treaty. You're not allowed to uh, if if um, if they seek extradition for a political offense, then you're not allowed to extradite. So and then I would say. Absolutely not. <laughs> but if you follow the U.S. government, uh, the, what they say, then I'm, I'm just reminded of the last conversation we, I had with Rico for uh, for my podcast, and what Rico explained was that the, the court uh, in the in the UK that they had nothing really uh, against Assange, and that it was essentially like a kangaroo court. And, and just as you say, Charlie, that in reality, like there was nothing that they really had on him. But as you said, it's when you're caught up in the empire's web, they can have your way, their way with you, right? Yeah, they, they made um, in this U.S.-U.K. extradition treaty, uh, you don't actually have to have a, a, ba- a basic, just basic level of evidence. That the, so, so it's a very weak extradition treaty. They make this on, on purpose this way so uh, everyone could be extradited uh, to the U.S. So it's. Um, that's it's not it's not normal. That's not a normal provision in an extradition treaty. Normally, you would have to have some sort of proof, which is, sounds so logical, right? But then the ch- chances are that he'd be extradited. Then, I mean, if they don't have to prove it, no, it's it's, it's going to be a very lengthy process. I mean, we're we're just in the beginning now. Because you you have uh, so we have this hearing now, and then we are expecting to have the. Uh, the judge ruling on the 4th of January of 2021. And then there's going to be an appeal. Uh, I, I mean, if, if, uh, I know, I know the, the Assange's defense will, will appeal if, if they lose, but I'm guessing the United States government will appeal as well if they lose. So then you go to the, to the high courts, to the court of appeals, and then you can eventually even go to the Supreme Court. So it's, we're not, we're not done yet. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's a there's a chance that he would be extradited, of course, and then, which would also be illegal because he would be subjected to torture uh, if he would be going to the United States. Because then there's he's going to go to a high security prison, he's going to be in solitary confinement. So that would be another grounds not to extradite, because you can't extradite someone to another country if there if there's a realistic threat that they would, they would be subjected to torture. All right. So Charlie and myself have discussed this in Dutch in a, in a separate uh, interview, and one of the things that um, that we concluded is that there was no uh, media attention at all in the Netherlands for that last month of trial, and hardly any for the week in February. Ravoji, how was how is the Assange extradition shown or to the American nothing? <laughs> well, I mean. Even I mean, let's say in the Mexican press. I, I mean, because uh, I'm down here, I'm reading, following some of it in Spanish. It's, it's very not much at all, and I would say the same uh, uh, in the U.S. And kind of just to, to comment what you were saying about you know the chances uh, of a change. I don't know if you followed Peter Hitchens, right, or 
Uh, he recently published a piece, Peter Hitchens, about what the British judge, Lord Sumption, uh, recently just said, that democracy is dead uh, in Britain. And that, 100%. But he's not, uh, he's not understating this. Like, literally, that it's become a totalitarian state yeah, for good, and yeah. democracy is gone. And what has happened now is something that hasn't happened in centuries. And it's, yeah. this is serious for all of us, because democracy... Is that democracy and the rule of law, 100% and human rights. So this is like in the European Union, you have the three pillars of the European Union, which is democracy, the rule of law and uh, human rights. It's gone. It's in shambles, 100%. And it's terrible because I specialize in, in human rights uh, law and, and it's, yeah, it's very, it's horrible. Now you being it's, an American or Voji, I mean, that's the, that, that, how, how <laughs> That, oh. That's why I went to Kazakhstan, which doesn't have an extradition treaty with the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's walk by what happened uh, in, in court. What was the um, what was the alleged crime that the United States wants him for, um, and what was the the prosecution side of it, and how did defense uh, react to that, uh, Charlie? Okay, so let me just quickly uh, read out um, the uh, the counts of the uh, of the indictment. So you have uh, conspiracy to obtain and disclose national defense information. That was count one. You have count two, conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. Count three, obtaining national defense information. Counts five to eight, obtaining national defense information. Count nine, disclosure of national defense information. Count 12 to 14, disclosure of national defense information. And same for counts 15 to 17. That's it. That was a situation with the original indictment and then that thing was added upon or changed with the superseding indictment. How did that work? Yeah, so uh, the um, the first indictment they were that was based on the uh, Computer Intrusion Act, and so uh, that's a conspiracy to commit computer intrusion, um, and that was so that's completely different because now they're looking at the Espionage Act. And the Espionage Act is set by the United States to have universal jurisdiction. I don't think that's the same for the <laughs> for the. Computer Intrusion Act. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine so. Um, so yeah, they changed. They changed the indictment. Uh, so you, so you have a defense team working for for clients. They they build a whole case, and I would say they would probably have a lot on the jurisdiction part. And then they, they just changed the indictment uh, prior to the case with only very short notice. Uh, so then that throws off the entire the entire strategy and then what we talked about in the previous conversation that also there there was um the 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 uh, where, where he was staying at the ecuadorian uh what do you say embassy, yeah. <laughs> embassy. <laughs> uh that was bugged like there was surveillance he was there were there were cameras and there were microphones even in the toilet um, so they also they listened in to, uh, to the conversations that uh, that Assange had with his with his defense with his lawyers. So already that's they know the whole strategy. You, 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 this is not normally this would throw out a case immediately because that's highly illegal. And they've they've also confiscated 
um, classified or confidential uh, information between uh, Assange and his legal uh, team. That's also highly illegal. Should throw out a case immediately as well. But. All right. So. Um very strange things happening here. Yeah, and another thing is, uh, so the, the being a court proceedings being public. I mean, in the Netherlands, it's supposed to be public, publicly accessible to, to to the audience. You're supposed to see the rule of law as a, as a citizen. However, yeah, we we're in a corona crisis globally, so um, people weren't allowed in the court, and even journalists and international observers weren't allowed in the court. So, it was this. Are we supposed to take this trial seriously? Or I mean, it is very serious, but I mean, it is not a fair trial, not in the slightest. You know, the the, the judge, like, the, there's this tie that the, sort of we got a new judge. She brings in, a, she brought in a laptop with her, and so you have these procedural um, sort of. Uh, Things, so that, that she rules on during uh, during the trial. So then you have both sides they're arguing, and then when she ruled on these things, she would open her laptop and read out the previously written statement. So that's you can't. I don't think you can take that too seriously. But yeah, so you, the the verdict is set already, basically. Yeah, you could. <laughs> that, it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really. Now the question end. being, so this is an election night, right? The United States is uh, picking either Biden or Trump, or probably not picking either, <laughs> and uh, and fighting over that for the coming weeks or months, maybe. But would would either candidate respond differently? Is Assange extradited? You think? Uh, well, I think, uh, like, well, like we just said, uh, I think if, if, if Joe Biden is, uh, is elected, then that, you know, there, there is the whole, um, the, 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 the political establishment that, uh, that you will vote for. And, and tra Trump is anti-establishment. And so, well, I think, I think it, the only chance that Assange has for a political, for a sort of for a presidential pardon would be Trump giving him a pardon. And I think that's to be expected from uh, from Joe Biden or Kamala Harrison. Would you agree, Fergie? Yeah, but um, I still I feel with Biden, you know, Assange is dead for sure. Yeah. But with Trump, that there's a small chance that he would pardon. I don't think he because again, it's like I feel like it's the John F. Kennedy deep state situation where you know when Kennedy turns, they they killed him and his brother and Martin Luther King Jr. and um, there's always, you know, they can always tie the hands of Trump. So I don't think even if he could, if you, even if he wanted to, doesn't mean that he, he could, but definitely that there would be a chance that Trump could do it, but I don't think it would be a, a given. I have my hopes on that for sure. You can do it, Mr. President. We have faith in you. <laughs> yeah, one can hope. But the point that I made to you, Charlie, is that under the Trump administration, and I say this to everybody that favors Trump under his administration, a reality winner was uh, arrested and tried for a spionage act. She's a whistleblower. And uh, now maybe an, a president can't do that much, but he hasn't gone out of his way to help her. No, but way. he has to be reelected. So you have to take that into account. And uh, once, once the election is over, then 
you know, he can he has some freedom to do that because he doesn't have to get reelected after that. So, and with with Assange, he could not burn his fingers on that prior to the and elections because that's what happened. You have the, the Russian collusion uh, thing going. If he would have said anything about Assange, because remember in the 2016, 2016 election, he said, I love WikiLeaks, love, 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 love. He said it many times. And then he was, uh, and after that, he said, Assange, well, I don't know anything about that. I mean, he's not an idiot. <laughs> he's a very smart, very intelligent man. So of course he knows about it, but he can't, he can't comment on it. He can after after the election uh, is is done, and he can't, you know, there's, then he he will have the freedom to to open up about it. That that's exactly what happened with with Kennedy when he was uh, finished uh, going through his first term. He uh, had hinted he was going to pull out of Vietnam, uh, but only when he got elected the second time. So he wasn't, you know, talking about that during his first term. Oh. And of course, they it's they killed him. Suicide. They killed him before he, he, he could do that. So, yeah. Charlie made the point that it would be political suicide if you would push that agenda in your first term. So that's 100%. why. One hundred percent. That's why you have I mean, hopes. with reality winner, I don't know. It's it's just all. It's so interconnected. So then, yeah. I mean, if he if he would have said anything anything about reality winner, then then the narrative would have been, oh, so he's going to pardon reality winner, then he's going to pardon the science as well. And then he's a Russian spy, whatever, you know, so you can't, you have to wait until the election is over. Okay. Uh, just for the, uh, uh, the American audience and international audience that haven't been following the science trial, um, maybe emphasize, and maybe you can do this, Charlie, and we can add whatever. Uh, how has he been treated by the United Kingdom? And is that a common approach to a person being extradited? No, no, it's no, it's, it's, it's insane how he's been treated. I mean, at first it started at the Ecuadorian, um, Ecuadorian embassy. Um, in the first few years, he was treated very, very well there. And then you have a um, new president coming in uh, at, uh, in Ecuador. So you also have a new ambassador going into the embassy. And then after that, that's when it really started going south. And then he was he was allowed less and less visitors, and then you know we had the whole surveillance thing where the, the, everything was bugged. And after a while, it's just he they took away his his phone privileges, they took away his internet, took away his like his razor. We also when he got out, when he was dragged out of the out of the embassy, um, he saw him with the, with the long beard. I just yesterday I was watching these um, I was like Trevor Noah and, and Stephen Colbert joking about it, like joking about a, a man who's been subjected to torture. It's terrible. Everyone laughing about it, it was just I, I couldn't believe it. They, they, they were commenting on his, his personal hygiene, and I'm thinking, <laughs> how do people not see? He's stuck in this embassy. He's completely reliant on what they give him, so <laughs> it's not his fault. Um, that he has a long beard, for instance. And then, I mean, uh, everyone heard the stories about, like, he was smearing poop on the walls. Well, then that's just a lie because they, they've located the, the, the cleaning company that cleaned the embassy and they, they've completely debunked this. But you don't hear that in mainstream media because they want to they wanna have a, a character assassination, basically. So... And it's been very effective. I mean, in the States, I'd say 95% of Americans hate him. I, I, I'm, that's not a real, uh, <laughs> I've just made that up, but a lot of people hate him in the States. In the States, they see him as, a, as, a, as an enemy of the state, you know. So, Would you agree, Avoci? What, what's your assessment on, on the American 
audience? I haven't been in the States for, for a while. And so I, I can't really pick that up on my radar. I think maybe 95%, maybe a little too high, but I, I probably agree with you that like a majority, they just believe whatever the mainstream says. I mean, that's the feeling I have with American general that most believe the mainstream yeah, narrative. the narrative. Yeah, and it's the same. Like, um, you have Nils Meltzer, who is the UN ambassador uh, on torture, and he said because he investigated this this situation, and he said, "I just saw this amazing speech by him. We'll put a link uh, below so people people can watch that because he he described it perfectly. He said he didn't know he didn't know much about the case, and then they then it, it was dropped on his desk so he had to say and then he was like oh god i have to help this person who raped those women in sweden and this disgusting horrible i have to i have to well i mean i mean of course he's going to look into it that's his job uh, and he's an honest man so um so he um then he looked into it and then I, he's he's completely changed his mind on this and he's because he's he knows now he sees now that it's it's all been lies and, and you know the, the public has been fed this horrible story and so yeah please we'll put the link down below please look at that speech that he held because he's now he's actively fighting to get Assange out because he assessed the situation and he said this is 100% certainly torture psychological torture and he's not he's not done this on his own there's been other professionals lo looking into this like uh, doctors assessing his health and as they say this is there's a real real risk here that, that Assange might not survive this if, if they keep keep going on with this in this situation so okay to recap on that bit so in the United Nations all countries including United States including Great Britain have agreed to not torture <laughs> and then uh, that that treaty if you will gets a rapporteur uh, signed that's Nils Melser currently so he's the rapporteur for torture and he goes investigate if, if there's a possible case of torture and he did that and he did he assessed the health condition and, and of Assange and there's protocols for that so he did that with doctors yeah. and, and psychiatrists and he ran through that and, and professionally assessed well this this is a he shows all symptoms of torture and um, that was done by Great Britain right by United, United Kingdom uh, working together you could say with the United States I mean, we have uh, um, Italian journalist Stefania Morici who did through FOIA, Freedom of Information Act research, on, on how the, how does that work with uh, United States, Great Britain, Sweden, even that that alleged rape situation, and these things are tied tied together. Okay. So, but under the Convention Against Torture, there is a legal obligation to prosecute every act of torture. A legal obligation. Prosecute. Well, okay. I interviewed Mr. Meltzer in 2019 and I asked him the same question. So what happens when you find a victim of torture? And he says, well, it's within my mandate to write a letter. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, to write a letter. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. he addresses the, the, the signing <clears throat> countries. And then they have a legal obligation to, to investigate and, pro and prosecute. Oh, yeah. Or either that or they would not respond or they would respond, ah, we, we, we're of a different opinion. Okay. Yes, well, that's what happened. But this is not. I mean, I'm. I'm I, I studied international law, so <laughs> from an international law perspective, uh, something should happen. Yeah, so it's not just the rule of law in the United Kingdom that is uh, compromised. It might be international law also. That's what you're saying. Yes, this, this convention against torture. All right. Which, I mean, torture is one of those like Yuskogans is one of those very very strict 
uh, laws that the entire international community um, is uh, in agreement on that we should do everything to abolish torture and that every act of torture will be um, investigated and prosecuted and ended as soon as possible. And I mean, not not extradite someone against uh, <laughs> against an extradition treaty uh, and that they would be subjected to torture in the United States as well. I mean, he's he's he's, he's, he's subject to torture now. He's, he's in solitary confinement, and I mean, uh, also the, the the conditions and in the trial. We didn't talk about that in the previous conversation, but he was he was held in this like glass box. Basically, he was not able to communicate with his legal team, and he's they're not able to read the, all the files. It's, it's just it's wrong. It's wrong on every single level. It's it's insane that this is happening. All right. Well, any final questions from you, or what your final? You I would just, to, yeah. I would just add. I hate to always be the, the party pooper, but like what uh, Peter Hitchens and and Lurtsumption were saying that democracy is is dead, and just you know, give just to add on what you were saying. Uh, you know, I recently interviewed Doug Valentine, who wrote about CIA's uh, Phoenix program that exterminated tens of thousands of people in Vietnam, and how that has come back to the U.S. like as a police state, uh, and. Near my where I grew up in Chicago, they have black sites where they illegally just they don't arrest people. They just rendition them to this black site in the middle of Chicago. They've tortured people there and killed them. So this is ongoing. You know, the war on terror has stripped the veneer off of, of democracy. And recently it was reported in Mexico that the former president Calderon, who is basically, you know, U.S. puppet, that the president of Mexico uh, he personally had been running these death squads, torture. The former president. Death, former president Calderon, yeah, yeah. Felipe Calderon, yeah. who was, who's teaching at Harvard now or whatever. So sure. this shows you that when you talk about rule of law and torture, I mean, here we are, they're running, the president of Mexico is, is running torture rendition in, in Mexico, back with the U.S. They're doing it in the U.S. Um, so... All the, the the gloves. I think the mask is coming off, and the, the gloves are coming off. Oh, we all so. have to wear masks, but yeah. <laughs> well, for them, the mask is coming off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't have to. They out. don't have to abide by the rules. Of course not. No. Um. So let me just. I just want to uh, comment on the on the trial a little bit more because uh, what um what was stated by the United States is that um there was a real risk that that people would get hurt because of these uh, leaks. I mean, we're, we're talking about leaks that happened ten years ago. Ten. And no, no harm has been done at all. The only thing that was done was they um, revealed how much harm that was done. War crimes, absolutely 100% certain war crimes on a, on a massive scale that was revealed. But no harm was done to, to American citizens or due to these documents coming out. So, um, and that also there was stated, that stated that he just recklessly shared these documents and he didn't, didn't change any of the names or didn't, there was a very, very meticulous rejection, uh, process before these documents were published by WikiLeaks. So I think, don't take my word for it. Investigate yourself, but don't, don't, the things that people are convinced are true. That's just, it's a mainstream media narrative and that it's just not true. And, and this has been, um, there's, there's been statements in the trial now that, that people are coming forward saying about, about this meticulous uh, reduction process. So that's something to, to keep in mind. And also there was no, 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 absolutely no forensic evidence in this case. There's no evidence against Assange because these, we're talking about these files. They were, they were leaked by uh, Chelsea Manning, then Bradley Manning. And, um, 
this, he was talking back then. He <laughs> was talking to a person uh, called Nathaniel Frank, not Julian Assange. There's no forensic evidence tying Julian Assange to these acts. I mean, it's clear that WikiLeaks has published these documents, but you can't tie Julian Assange to this. You need forensic evidence for that. And we have no forensic evidence. So. Charlie de Vrede, my <laughs> fellow country person from the Netherlands, thank you so much for this. I used to live in Australia. You know, he's my fellow Aussie. Sorry, fellow Aussie. <laughs> fellow Aussie. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Australia is doing nothing for him at all. Sorry. But uh, well, uh, that, that, that's that's too harsh a statement. So the country maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah no. The, the, yeah, there's, sorry. There's massive support for Assange. No, no, no. Don't, don't get me wrong. Okay. I mean, yeah, no. Massive, massive. Okay. There's so, so many great. I wasn't talking about that. I'm talking okay. about government. Thank you for this uh, for this interview. <laughs>